Welcome to the Arrest All Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. This is episode 15 of the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation podcast. I am Ben Talon, your host. Hope everybody's doing good. Hope you're all up to really exciting stuff. Um, thanks for the feedback on the last episode with Eden Orfanos. Uh, what a fascinating story. Um, to go from working in Hollywood as a makeup artist and then come full circle to work in Africa in art therapy and as a humanitarian. Uh, really intriguing life story and, and something that's ongoing as Aidan's now on an art therapy degree. So for anyone who's interested in that world and working in a more one-to-one uh, counselling perspective, however you want to call it, uh, there's a lot of people looking to get into art therapy now. It seems to be a growing field, which is in, innately positive thing so go back and listen check out Eden's story and there's some great tips and advice for anyone interested in getting into that world also thanks to everyone who went and signed the petition to get the arts uh, keep the arts in the uh, English uh, baccalaureate baccalaureate I still can't say it baccalaureate uh, in the EBAC in the education system uh, it's criminal that anyone's even considering and taking, you know, downgrading art as a subject from the curriculum at a time when creative thinking is so scarce and valued in, in the real world. So thanks for doing that. You can still go and sign that. Check out the show notes from episode 14 in the description area. Uh, and thanks again for doing that. And thanks for listening because uh, I'm delighted to announce that I have actually secured a new sponsor. Uh, who is going to make it possible to go three times a month, maybe even a weekly show now, depending uh, how that conversation goes. But excited to announce that in the coming uh, next few episodes. And it's don't worry, I'm not just going to sit here reeling off marketing diatribe. It's actually a really valuable sponsor who can bring some great sort of digital tips to our audience. So exciting times. The show's growing bit by bit. So thanks for all you guys who are listening, especially the ones who've subscribed and checked in regular. Please help us out, actually. Go and, go and subscribe on iTunes, because this show means a lot to me. I, I do it for for the love. Um, I'm so passionate about this industry, and it's so exciting to just go and sit in studios and cafes with amazing people and spend an hour listening to their stories and finding out what drives them, their inspiration, and picking up tips. I'm learning so much as I do this, and I'm guessing the listeners are too. I really hope so, because that's the idea. And it's just tooling us all up to go out there and do great creative things and strengthen the industry and give people new ideas when we all know when you're sat in your bedroom staring at a brick wall, it's it's kind of hard to stay inspired at times. So hopefully, even if you're on the most ferocious deadlines, I can provide some uh, audio treats to keep you going uh, with some of the most inspiring people in the arts. So keep supporting Arrest All Mimics. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the Twitter. Numbers are growing on there, at Arrest All Mimics. We have a Facebook page now, which is a little slower, but, uh, you know, we're out there. It's another outpost, and it's facebook.com forward slash arrestallmimics. Email us, arrestallmimics at gmail.com. And, of course, as ever, go and check out Illustration Limited, who have kindly supported the show from the ground up. Uh, illustrationweb.com, amazing animation, illustrators, uh, just create, you know, visual communication right across the board. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun place with a cool news section now, and the guys and the team are amazing, so they'll gladly help you out with any queries uh, in that realm. So coming up, we've got uh, an ever-increasingly uh, diverse range of guests, which is incredible. Um, we're soon going to be talking to uh, Jacqueline Bissett and 
Vicky Pierce from Illustration Limited, who have a 20-year history in the world of fashion, illustration, photography, and just fashion in general. So it's going to be sort of a fashion special coming up, which is really, really great. And those guys had a lot to talk about, and uh, and we sort of banged the world to rights in terms of style and everything, which I know nothing about. Anyone who knows me and everyone's seen the way I dress will know that, but that's for all good stuff. And that's so that's coming up. Um, many others to discuss. I'm in talks for some seriously big hitters to come on the show. Um, very, very exciting stuff. Uh, today's guest, Marius Boog. I think I pronounced his name right there. I always get it wrong. Um, spelt B-U-G-G-E. Is a New York photographer. And Marius' story is another fascinating one. Uh, originally from Oslo in Norway, he, uh, via Italy, ended up in New York working as an amazing photographer in lots of different areas. Uh, this is a guy who shot everyone from um, Gary Oldman to um, Vince McMahon, the chairman of WWE. He works with Ferrari. He does amazing personal work at the moment. He's working with a football publication, but off his own back, he's getting down to Havana to shoot street football, and he's just been to the derby between River Plate and Boca Juniors, which I believe is one of the most dangerous in the world. So I hope that went well for Marius, but... Not too long back, he kindly gave me time to visit him in his flat, invited me around, and we sat on an amazing rooftop balcony overlooking, I, if, if memory serves, it was the Brooklyn Bridge and the Manhattan Bridge. Might have been the Williamsburg. I always get this wrong. Either way, two of the major bridges in New York overlooking a nighttime skyline. Um, you could hear helicopters, traffic, you know, all the horns, just the city life in the background, and that was a very surreal experience, but... We sat down and had a couple of beers and talked about Marius' career in photography, working with great creative directors and art directors, uh, working on such a wide range of projects in fashion, wrestling, uh, bodybuilders. He's The guy's got an amazing career, but he's so modest about it. And um, we spent some good time together in New York, where he showed me quite a few of the, the cool bars. And as I say, I got the chance to go around and spend some time at his apartment. So I hope you guys love that conversation. Marius has got some great stories and... We've collaborated together on a number of occasions, both personal projects, and we've worked together at WWE. Marius has shot a lot of the poster designs that I've done, a lot of the set designs that I've done for features in the magazine and outside of that. So it's cool to uh, to go and sit down and talk about that. So looking forward to your feedback. I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, here we are with Marius Bugger in Dumbo, New York City. Well, so I'm here with Marius Boog. That's how I pronounce your name, right? Let's, let's get it out of the way. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a, a photographer based in New York, and we're on a rooftop in Dumbo, right? Yes, Dumbo, York. Brooklyn. Yeah. With an amazing, literally a sunset view over, is it the Manhattan and the Brooklyn Bridges? Yes, we got the Manhattan Bridge and the Williamsburg Bridge right over there. Perfect. And, and, uh, so Marius is an awesome photographer, and I've worked with him on several collaborations. Um, and work at WWE so I just wanted to chat to him about um, all things to do with being a photographer and working on anything from working on set to personal work and just that kind of thing so tell us a little bit about your, your background Marius, where are you, where are you from originally? I, um, I'm from Oslo Norway, um, moved to Italy after I finished uh, military in Norway which I had to do is that, what, is that a standard you have yeah, to do? Yeah, it was like mandatory. It was oh, really? a completely wasted year. But, uh, I never knew that. But, uh, <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, started learning about photography, assisted a few people, did a few tests, started shooting on medium format film. 
yeah. which I think was good. I never, I never developed my own film, which is something I regret. I never learned how to do, but um, but uh, the digital thing happened pretty quickly. And then I left left Milan after three years and moved to New York. Yeah. Same thing. Started assisting some uh, good photographers and started learning lighting and uh, and cameras and stuff like that. So what's what was what were the origins of your interest in photography? Was that something you? Um you admired growing up or is it my, just accidental? My girlfriend uh, for many many years was a photographer so I was uh, you know tagged along with her and uh, you know I was a little bit in limbo I had no idea what I wanted to do and uh, call artists yeah exactly I got a, and I certainly didn't want to move back to Norway and uh, get a regular job so uh, so I figured uh, let's give it a shot so I tried that and loved it so uh, yeah. that's kind of how I started so what? So did you kind of just wing the early jobs, or was it? Um... You know what happened is funny. I, uh, you know, New York. It's it's tough. It's so many photographers here. But I, uh, I played uh, football on this five-a-side team full of uh, English creative directors for different magazines around <laughs> New York. So uh, I kind of got a little foot in with these guys, and uh, you know, started out shooting a little stamp-sized photos for you know magazines like Maxim and Blender and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, you know, didn't mess up too badly. So got yeah. the, you know slowly but surely got bigger jobs, and that's kind of how I uh, how I switched from assisting to starting shooting. Yeah, yeah. But that's it, right? It's always I've got so many stories of connections through either accidental circumstances or yeah, maybe, maybe not so accidental, but just social. You know, getting out there and being around and absolutely. You know, you just you fall into these kind of little you know whether it's a drunken night or like you say a sport in that instance. Which, probably a bit healthier yeah but um but it's it's amazing how that happens and i often think a lot of the a lot of the best stories kind of you know yeah they seem to have their foot in these really uh yeah. unpredictable circumstances yeah so I mean, when, when when was that when when did you when was the sort of when i'm guessing this is like eight years ago maybe like mm, 2005 2006 yeah um yeah like you said i mean you know you can sit and send your website over and over again, but the chance that anybody is actually looking at yeah. this—it's uh, so uh, yeah. That's that's how it really started. That's uh, you know. Yeah. I uh, got to start shoot some musicians and some some celebrities, and then yeah. ball from there on, snowball from there on. So. Do you think? Uh, do you think the, the move to Italy in between helped you in terms of confidence, or were you, ever, or were you already a confident person in terms of going out and looking for work and, and doing your thing? No, I'm much worse doing stuff like this, like this this podcast right here. But if I'm, I'm all, right, all right with the camera, if I can hide behind a camera, then yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at talking to people. Yeah. So uh, so that helps. So uh, I think I was I was all right from the beginning with yeah. you know talking to people, getting people to feel relaxed and. Um, Which is a massive part, right, of photography? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you sort of, in terms of working with art directors and creative directors, do you do you take the lead, or do, you, do you, is, does it vary from from you know from person to person? Yeah, I mean, it all all depends. I mean, some creative directors are very very hands on and uh, down to the very very last detail, which. Uh, where they're kind of directing the shoot, and you're kind of just like the cameraman trying to trying to get what they want. But uh, a lot of the times, uh, the client won't even be on the on the shoot. If I'm traveling, for example, if I'm doing portraits, it might just be me and my assistant, uh, yeah. and then whoever the subject is and and his or her people. Um, and then I do everything. Yeah. Have you found that that's a trust that people have built up in you over time, or is, that, is it something that comes across immediately from your portfolio? Yeah, and then also you know budgets being slashed 
drastically in yeah. magazine business. Uh, you know, the people can't afford to send massive crews around yeah. on uh, yeah. on shoots. So, so, so they, you mentioned you, 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 you said that Maxim, like that was that around the time that Lads Mags were. Sort yeah, of huge? I I got into it at, right at the end of the the heyday of the of the. So I missed out on the you know a few years when it was uh, really good. So the budgets were already already going down and right. Okay. And uh, you know there were small crews, but that, I mean that's that's not a bad thing either. It's uh, yeah, it's nice. But uh, that was right at the end of the the heyday of Maxim and, yeah. and those yeah. kinds of magazines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how, how was just that, this is personal curiosity, but as somebody who grew up reading all that stuff, smuggling it under my yeah. jumper into my mate's mum's house, it's like <laughs> is it is it the fantasy? Are you going to burst the bubble now for all those teenage boys? No, but I didn't shoot. I didn't shoot the girls. <laughs> I got to shoot the politicians and the musicians <laughs> and maybe a few actors or. Uh, so I, I never got, and I still I still work for a Playboy magazine a lot, and I tell people that, and they go, wow, like you know, yeah, all the girls. But no, it's the same thing. I uh, it's mostly portraits of uh, exactly yeah. what I said, like politicians and stuff. We'll never know. You never the illusion's know. still there. Sometimes I don't tell anybody. I just say, it. <laughs> Playboy magazine. <laughs> when you first got the call, did you think that's what it was going to be? Or did you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's right. I got an email from Playboy <laughs> saying if I was available these dates. I was like, wow. But uh, it turned out to be uh, some guy at Fox News instead. So it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So. In terms of you know, so we moved from Italy to New York. Was that quite different, or did you find it was a similar scene? Where, where did you say you were in Italy? I was in Milan. Milan very, yeah. very different. Yeah, yeah. yeah New York is. Uh, I found New York. Uh, both me and my girlfriend, who was she was an established photographer when we moved there. We both. It it was a struggle in the beginning. A struggle, you know, making ends meet, like paying rent, all that stuff. Um, and it's you know, it takes you a few years to get used to the pace, and you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it got easier as it, as we as we stayed, and, mm. and I imagine it's similar to. I mean, me as an as an illustrator, it's just it's that it's not as feast or famine as it used to be. I've got you know seven years now, and I've I've got it to a level where I, I can. It takes at least two or three weeks for me to start thinking. Okay, what's going on now? You know, I need that yeah. commission. Now I kind of just let it go, and I take the time to really get into my personal stuff and actually trust exactly. that it's going to come back around. And I think that only happens with it, with experience. But um, is it a similar thing? Yeah, and, then, and you you build client and client base. You know, you have six, seven regular clients that you know are going to you know yeah. unless you really mess up on something yeah. that uh, yeah. they will call you and. Uh, and uh, you know that will happen, and that's you know yeah. that's always good. It's really healthy, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just I'm, I've reinstated a couple of those recently. Like I've been through the about two years now. We've been just more or less cutthroat, freelance, yeah. job to job. Like, but it, and it's been fine. It's actually been really good. Two, yeah. good, two good years. Yeah. But I, I did have a, a spell where I had six regulars, and it, it, in a month it brought it down to one. Yeah. And, uh, none of it all out of my control. I had, yeah. I think three mags folded. Yeah. Um, two of them changed direction, and, and I, they were always you know one year commissions and. and could have been renewed, but we just kind of ran out of steam for them. But it's uh, that was pretty grim at first. That's why that's how the book started. I, I started to run from blogs. Yeah, and, I got and it's it's the same with me. I mean, I, a lot of my my regular clients are magazines, and uh, and it's scary. Uh, you know, I've lost I've lost one major client that we shot a lot with because uh, just because the magazine closed down, and uh, so you do start relying on selling it, selling prints. Yeah. Um, 
uh, selling, you know, stock photos, stuff like that, mm. advertising, you know, yeah. that's what we all want to do. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's what the money is, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, more online stuff. So Yeah. So. yeah I, think, I guess that's good and bad because it's, on one hand, it's... Um, it, it forces you to stay to stay active and not rest on your laurels. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, it's never nice. And it's and when you start to see something that's been a mainstay, like publishing, like you say, for so yeah. long, when you see that start to um, degrade a little bit, it's kind of yeah. You're always watching your back, aren't you? It's kind of worrying yeah. a little bit. But yeah, that's true. And then, but it you know, it does force you. You have no choice but to push yourself out there, and you got to be yeah. You know, yeah. I hate talking to people on the phone. So, uh, so, um, but you, you know, you send your website out, you push with emails, and you you send your new new work out every time you get it. Well, that's it. I think you've got to stay in the minds of people, yeah. haven't you? And, and uh, you can't underestimate the subconscious in terms of someone's rushed. They've got twenty minutes to commission something, and you you emailed them two days ago, three days ago, whatever, ten minutes ago. It's like, yeah. And the, the amount of times I've just sent out speculative emails, and within minutes, someone's gone actually. Yeah. I was looking for someone for this you're yeah. perfect and it's like you kind of always go shit like it's it's such an industry built on chance but then there's not it's you know you can force the issue I yeah think, you and know. you got to keep reminding people that you're there and you know around so yeah, yeah. so what sort of stuff do you like to do I mean I mean, I've, your portfolio is pretty vast in terms of I, I love the ballerinas you shot and I love the bodybuilders and you know we collaborated on those things yeah um I- and then Gary Oldman, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. A few. I, I, I love shooting portraits. I mean, but I, I'll photograph anything. I'm not very good at shooting scenery or or uh, architecture, or anything like that. I like shooting people. I, um, but I've done some car work. I've done some wrestlers. I've mm. done some ballerinas. Uh, so it's you know it's very different. You but, do Formula One, right? Recently. Yeah, yeah. It was like some racing and then some. Uh, we had one, had this one client fly the five of us out to the to California. We did this five day job with two sports cars from from Sonoma down to LA along the coast. Wow! Uh, we were shooting video and stills, and it was just one of those dream dream jobs. It was fun. Oh, uh, was so you know, but that was also I've never photographed a car in my life before that. So <laughs> I just uh, you know I had to fake it a little bit, just pretend I knew what I was doing. Don't we all? Uh, and then <laughs> then uh, I was directing as well, doing video, and I. Had no clue what I was doing so I just pretended yeah. so how did you find that I it was fun it was fun I had a really really good cameraman that had some experience so I, I managed to wing it a little bit just you know whisper over to him like <laughs> well, what should we do here yeah so it turned out good it was fun I yeah. think when you've got an eye I think I genuinely believe when you've got an eye a good eye for, you know whether it's photography artwork compositions yeah. if, you, if you want to sort of move into those fields in it and you meet the right people it's yeah. easily transferable and, and yeah. a lot of the common themes apply throughout all of it it's like yeah. I worked on an independent film as art director and Shitting myself when um, when I when I started on it, I'd never done that before. I, I actually googled film art director. Like, yeah. I, like, I had an idea and I, and I, I knew very loosely what I was going to be doing, yeah. but it got to like noon on the first day of shooting. And the director went right, Ben, reference shots. I was like, what? He was like, and he, he sort of stopped and he went, I went, I didn't tell you did I? And I went, no, what? And then uh, he went, right, sorry, it's my area. You need to sort of photograph everything for continuity because you know they go from scene two to scene five and to the end of the film just for convenience when you're on a budget. Yeah. So obviously, if, you know, you get anal people who are going to watch the film and go, hang on, that TV's moved three inches to the right. And between that person talking and that person answering, I know it's a whole new way of and thinking. I had no but idea about that, but then yeah. immediately I got it, and it's like you kind of 
then yeah. suddenly you've got another task thrown in and another task thrown in. But by the end of it, you f- you, I think you feel like I could probably do that again and do not such a bad job of it, you know. And it's yeah. if you want it, you've I, got I we it. just got thrown into it on the first day. We had a uh, was shooting at this uh, this vineyard in Sonoma, and we had a drone and two drone operators. We had a guy. <laughs> we, our budget was so low, so we had to strap the camera guy onto the hood of the car, and we actually <laughs> tied him down with this super expensive uh, red uh, red camera <laughs> and uh, and I have walkie talkies that I'm trying to get the drones to fly to get the car and talk to the driver but uh, <laughs> so we got thrown in at the deep end but uh, it was so much fun I loved it and uh and it was fine. I mean, they sent three three people from the agency, and uh, these these young guys who were very very relaxed. And you know, they knew we were kind of limited. I mean, this wasn't we didn't have much uh, much of a budget, but it it was fun. I love it. I love. It. I always think. Yeah. I did. Um, I used to share a studio with a friend of mine, Danny Ellison, who's a photographer and illustrator, and his work's kind of photographic led, but then everything around the central photographic image is illustrative. Yeah. And um, he had to do an image of the Grim Reaper once for, and it was a card. Yeah, it was for a gambling magazine, and it was a feature on cards. And um, so he had the idea of Grim Reaper sort of this the sickle sort of going through all the cards. So he like throws like the, the throw from the sofa at me one day and goes right, come on out in the corridor like that. We were always photographing each other for reference. So he wraps he's got me out in the corridor wrapping this sofa throw around my head and over my shoulders and the back and then gives me a sweeping brush and he, so he sets me up and out directs. He's like right, it's no three, two, one and I swing it around and everything. Got these shots I was just like whatever. I didn't it's kind of looking off somewhere else, not really thinking. Three hours later, Danny Ellison tagged you in three photos on Facebook. And I was just like, he, he, he did. Yeah. The final image was amazing, yeah. but then as soon as these things go, I look like an absolute lunatic in like camouflage coat with a sofa throw and just kind of just looking blank with this thing. <laughs> and it did, nice. that wasn't the first time that happened. But, um, the things you've got to do when the budget's not there is incredible. Um, yeah, I just know. hope that one day the budget's coming. I know. And, uh, <laughs> the insurance was under my name, so uh, there was many times during those five days I was uh, I was biting my nails. It was a bit hairy some of the stuff we were doing, but it was fun. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. So how many? How often does your sort of photographic work cross over? I know that we worked, we worked together on the Faces of Evil, which I didn't actually realise until way after I met you that that was you yeah. shooting those images. Yeah, that's right. It made it even cooler for me. And um, so, like, how how often do you sort of you know do you get thrown into things like that in terms of the you know various set design, or do you do you collaborate with artists much with your shots? It's more and more um, at, with WWE. We uh, we started doing more and more where you know we we plan the shots around you know your. Yeah. your artwork where that was going to fit and how we were going to do it and then for this Faces of Evil we had the, had it sent over yeah. these beautiful backdrops that we, we put the wrestlers in front of uh, and uh, yeah I guess we have a mutual friend that works for WWE <laughs> so that's how, how we kind of met so well, that's yeah. it and yeah. um, so in terms of you know those kind of relationships in terms because you work regular right with WWE yeah, um, yeah. You know, do you sort of do you find that it's kind of the friendship assists the jobs or do you find that the jobs bring friendships or do you, do you find that's a mix of that do you yeah it is uh, it's you know I, it's a very good friend of mine who's who's the big boss at WWE so uh, so it's a bit nerve wracking as well yeah uh, he always texts me five minutes before the shoot if he's not there not to mess it up so it's always <laughs> a little extra pressure uh, but definitely like the relationships are huge yeah, yeah. 
I think so. I think it's great. Yeah. It's like I um, I've had really good kind of steers in my uh, in my homework and guys who've been doing it fifteen years when I was doing it three, for example, you know, and they'd um, yeah. It sort of comes, you know, they they make little suggestions that at the time I just kind of carried it out as a part of the process. But what I eventually realised is that they were seeing things in my work that I would only come to realise say six, seven years down the line. So, yeah. so there's a very human touch to my work, as you yeah. know, with the, the loose map making. And, and it was early on that art directors would kind of would try and push me that way, and I and I didn't quite get, and I just do it. Yeah. But then after a while, I was like, okay, they're really seeing that kind of human almost like uh, a, you know the mistake within my work the human touch that organic feel yeah. and they really kind of they use their expertise to very subtly steer me down that down that road have you, have you found that with the people yeah. particularly early on did you find that good art directors really kind of brought you oh it was huge especially in the beginning yeah and especially like if you had experienced art directors that knew exactly what they wanted uh, that could just at least push you a little bit with the lighting because you know lighting it, it's it's you know you want to develop your own style you you, you try you know you always you're always working on it trying to perfect it and, uh, and in the beginning you uh, that definitely helped um, mm. got to work with some great creative directors in the beginning which which I'm yeah. very helpful for so you find that New York was sort of a hotbed for you know working with those people yeah it is and uh, but it's you know there's a lot of people a lot of photographers in New York so you uh, yeah the you better step it up uh, right yeah. away uh, at least at least I mean we talked about the confidence thing I mean if you walk in and you you at least pretend you know what you're doing that uh, goes yeah. a long way yeah because well, well, uh, if people see you hesitating and not sure yeah. uh, and uh, you know nervous talking to the subject stuff like that that's uh that's not a good thing. So I think I think you, well, that's it. I think people buy into belief, and we always got we always got given advice at university that um, if there's something you, in your portfolio that you're less than 100 percent happy with, take it out because uh, yeah, it com- whether you know it or not, that comes across in body language. Yeah, if you're face to face with the person. It's, it's you hard, just isn't it? I'm sure, I'm sure it's the same for you because because you ask different people and they give you different opinions, and in the end, I mean, in the end, it's up to you and what. Yeah. what but. Um, yeah, do I mean I'm I'm terrible at, at looking at my own like do my edit for example I always send wide edits yeah um, but then for your website that's uh, that's that's your own thing so I well, myself uh, yeah. but I think that's just part of it yeah. it's funny isn't it it's like um, it's such um, I guess you're the, again you many of the laws in photography will be the same as what I do but it's a shop front isn't it it's an yeah. advertisement and but it, for you um, is it mostly you 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 get the photographs or the, or the, you know the layouts and then you start working because the, the first project we did you had already done the the art and we photographed out as a background uh, is it is it different like do you get it varies I mean Often, more often than not, when it, particularly in editorial, you know, you'll get a spread and, and, yeah, and they'll have the sort of stand it. first in place where it generally yeah. would be, but then they'll let me know if there's any flexibility in terms yeah. of that. Sometimes you know, there's going to be more or less a blank double page spread aside from the page furniture. And yeah, then okay. it's kind of like you do your thing and we'll work around your composition and we can tweak it as we move along. Yeah. But particularly like the Faces of Evil project that we worked on, just yeah. for, for people that are listening, we, um, Marius and I worked on a project for WWE where I created 15... Uh, ink banners ink on paper eight foot by about a meter wide banners and these were set designs that were hung behind the villains from the wrestling and Mario shot them all as we said in sort of quite moody low lighting uh, but in that in that instance yeah it was you know I, I got 
given the name the list of the superstars and a few kind of bullet points of yeah. catchphrases. Thankfully, because I was a huge fan of the product, I, I just went you know I went off and I knew the little nuances of yeah. of each character, which helped yeah. a great deal. Uh, and, and then we sent them over, yeah. And then you guys. Then and we based the shoot on that. We we, we looked at that. Uh, WWE looked at that, and we based the shoot, the lighting, everything around that. So, yeah. But that might be like a little bit opposite way of maybe yeah. how you usually work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, to get so you know the, the, the ballerinas fascinated me in terms of just your shots of them. I mean. Yeah, that's wow. another thing. I I have I don't even know I don't nothing about ballerinas. Yeah. Uh, I realized I was good at clicking at the right time because it happens. <laughs> they'll do a jump, and you know they're not going to jump fifteen times for yeah. each shot. So you got to catch it like on the first or second one. Yeah. And uh, and uh, but it blows me away. I mean, they it comes down to very like the little finger if that's in the right place and that's in the. Jump with yeah. a you know yeah. legs, arms, everything. Um, these girls are incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's so definitely some of the favorite things I uh, yeah I photograph. Uh, and then the and then the bodybuilders. That's why I wanted to do that stuff with you because it was like I just suddenly got this yeah. idea right from the office. Was it Kai Green? Kai Green. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And it was two weeks before. Uh, is it Mister Olympia? It's called the is that right? the men. So he was starting to get in real shape. My goodness, he was—he was—he uh, was crazy, and he was wearing those masks. Yeah, so he's I'm a big—he's a big superhero, a cartoon superhero he, fan. You can kind of tell because he had like a ponytail, right, yeah. and, and like a lucha libra mask yeah. on this tank of a man. And, and um, so I, we worked together on on the ballerinas and the bodybuilders, and called the project Angels and Demons. And yeah, that's right. So like, so what? At least I guess you would have had more time in terms of the poses with that guy. Whereas yeah, like, like, I never thought about that aspect. Yeah, but he he was so he was so into the idea. So I kind of he kind of just went with it. He's like, 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 why don't we do this? And then he will go really? into a crazy pose, <laughs> and I was just I was just sitting there clicking. I was like, this is mm. awesome. Uh, Gold. Yeah, yeah. So he was uh, he was uh, he was very very into that thing. So, uh, <laughs> so it was fun. Uh, and um, yeah, he was mad. Yeah, massive. Uh, that's, uh, so you said, you said, did you say you started shooting analog? Either you, um, oh, we yeah, digital, like almost from the very beginning, very early with digital. Uh, yeah, but that I think people in New York caught on to really quick, and yeah, you know, and the cameras just exploded. They got just better and better, and yeah, you just realized how much easier. Yeah, uh, but you've learned. But you learned. Did you learn? Um, I learned on film, yeah. Which is probably an advantage. Right? I, I think it, it was a good thing where you have to, you know, you do Polaroids, you actually yeah. measure the light properly, and yeah. you look at Polaroids with the loop, yeah. you see... Uh, which is still, which is still, you know, massive linchpin. Sure. Oh, you still do it. We because still do it, it but... Uh, it's no different to what I... I mean, this is just my style alone, but I use Photoshop very much as a, as a tool in yeah. my work, and everything's created organically, but if... Anyone could pick up and learn Photoshop, much like when people say now that you know anyone can pick up a mobile phone, go on Instagram, and call themselves a photographer. But you still—it's those core skills and and that that knowledge of the subject, and also the eye for a great image that that will always come through. Surely, you know, I, in, in, at least in the sort of clients that you you work with. I think so. I mean, you can get amazing cameras now for you know not that much money. Yeah. Uh, and your photo's going to look okay, but I think I agree with you. You're still, yeah. you're still. If you miss the top of the head off, you're still framing and lighting, and there's a lot, lot that goes into it. Yeah. I hope. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I think there is without a doubt. I mean, otherwise we're all in trouble, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have um, again going to mention Danny Ellison again. He's, he's um, 
he's a, his photography's come along so much in the last year. On, on one of the previous episodes of this podcast, we talked about his year in Dubai, where he'd gone from being a, a decent photographer, mm-hmm. uh, but he was more or less self-taught beyond his college course, and then and he kind of, you know, I was with him on a few shoots where I owed him, either owed him favours or I commissioned him for things, and it would be very much, you know, the light, a lot of the lighting was very sort of done on the spot, working with what we had. And then he went away and spent this year in Dubai working with, you know, a staff photographer for a year for a major publishing house over there, and he learned so much. Yeah. But I've seen him in the depths of obsession to the point where his, him and colour are ridiculous. I've never met anyone who's quite so anal about his colour. Yeah. And um, it kills him if, if anything comes out in print, and it's even, you can't even tell, but he, he can, and he yeah. sees it so intricately. But I've seen him, he had like a colour spider, like a, a monitor calibration yeah. device. And he created like it looked like a homeless shelter when we had a old studio. And he got his old computer box out, ripped it up, built this kind of roof over his monitor, yeah. sat with his hood up, and kind of sat inside this thing to get so the colour had to be. And I was laughing at him, and he was he was he was like, "What are you, what are you laughing at?" He's just like, "You don't get it, you don't get it." It's got to be, it's like got to be spot on, and he was he killed him if anything was wrong. But I admired that at the same time, and it and it kind of yeah. it was the difference between people who might just settle. That's let you know at a certain point, or just wing it as a you know. I've met people who've, who wing it too, and it's just um, things that professional integrity. And yeah, I, I when I first got to New York, I did anything I could, if even if it was as a, as a fourth assistant or as a production assistant, to get on big, big fashion shoots with the with the the biggest fashion photographers here in New York, and uh, and you know, kind of like took a sneak peek, see what they did, and everything that went into. I mean the crews were massive, but just the little details and and, and how with the lighting and mm. uh, and then they were still shooting film back then, but uh, but that helped a lot. Um, you learn so much, don't you, by being around, yeah. just being around what you wanted to do. Yeah, but uh, the hair and makeup and the styling it took so long, so I decided not to. I was not interested in doing fashion, so I'm yeah. glad, glad I did. But I think it's good, isn't it, to, to dip your toe in the water, so to speak, and you know, like you talked about the video stuff. Sometimes you have to sort of get to that point and try it to find out that you either you do want to do it or there's a part of it that you could take away and bring it back to your main game. Yeah. Did you, did you find through the video stuff that did well, that help? the video the the shooting? I mean, there's so much that goes into video because you know you you I tried you know you try and get involved with the editing, but it's it that's you know that's a, its own professional. Those guys are incredible, and it's such a big part of the of mm-hmm. the video. Uh, the, the technicality of the cameras, you know, it's it's a little bit different. So, uh, so I found, but you know, like we said, it's the framing and it's yeah. uh, it's similar. But uh, there's a lot more that goes into video. But I, I do I'm definitely something I want to get more and more into. Yeah. And, and as our industry develops, I think it's video and online. It's, it's, it's yeah. you know now they want you know little video snippets with. Uh, yeah. With your photos for the online magazines, um, a lot of clients ask to have you know either it's backstage video or video of the subject itself doing you know or little gifts stuff yeah. like that. So you you better you know you got to pay attention. And, and How have you found that in terms of the moving to you know digital um, content in terms of Kindle readers and, and you know for the main main portrait whatever I do it doesn't really make much difference it's usually the same thing they still yeah. want me to do the same thing and the budget's um, the same yeah you know nice hopefully beautifully lit portraits of uh, is, is the, have you found lesser budgets within within digital stuff or is that it's, is that something I'm still yeah. learning I'm still wondering about myself you see because I've not done much work for 
There's only one exclusively digital magazine that yeah. I worked for. I usually, it's you know, you get a you get a flat budget. It's usually the same every time, and then yeah. it's up to you what you do with that money. How what That's good. you know? So uh, so uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, That's cool. Yeah. So what yeah. have you got going at the minute? I mean, I know you um, you just been to Havana, right? Oh yeah, we went to uh, there was a, there was a big football game. It's uh, <laughs> you know the, the U.S. Cuba relations are finally getting a bit better, so they did a. The New York Cosmos is a team here in New York. They uh, flew down to play the Cuban national team. And a friend of mine has this uh, football magazine, so we thought that would be something that would be a fun thing to go and cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, uh, it was so much drama with the New York Cosmos for them to get journalist visas. So we, we just skipped going with them and just did it on our own. Went down with no credentials, no nothing. And... Uh, <laughs> So we were a bit nervous if we were even going to be able to uh, get into the game, but uh, but it's uh, it's incredible what you can get into with a big camera and That's look looky Scandinavian in Cuba. So uh, we just <laughs> walked right in and photographed. Uh, the game was great, but you know we spent the, the rest of the time just photographing kids playing soccer on or football around uh, Havana, and yeah. that that was that was great. Yeah, and when and it, are you going to get those? on your website soon any of those shows? yeah this get, it's been published in the beginning of October so I just gotta wait for uh, for them okay, to, yeah, to yeah. pick their shots yeah. and then I'll I'll make I'll make like a 20, 20 yeah. picture series to put on my website because so. they're awesome for anyone who's, who's listening when, when they go live on Marius's website you really should check them out there I think it's. I think they're great. Those shots. I'm a big fan of um, the sort of on location. Yeah, and it's, it's something on. I started. We uh, did a story for them. Um, just covered a get random game. It was one of um, it was Terry Henry's last game, uh, actually last football game ever, because he finished his career in New York. And uh, we went to photograph. We were supposed to photograph fans, but managed to sneak in, and I got this shot of him just walking into the dressing room. Uh, which uh, yeah, it was fun. It's I loved, such a good loved show. it. And we uh, we did a series um, for WWE too, which was a little more staged. But we had them. So this is what got me into the idea. We had all the wrestlers, what they do, what how they prepare hmm. before before their fight, um, and we kind of lit it a little bit. So it's a little more staged. But we, then then I went for uh, for Ferrari and covered them down in Daytona, and that was also backstage. What happens in the pit? Uh, Changing your tires, mm. stuff like that, and that—that's it's really yeah. something I enjoy doing. How so. do you find people respond to that? Or again, is it something that varies from person well, to person? Are, are they more at ease? Do you think with that, or than a, than a stage shoot? Uh, the the well, the people I'm I'm photographing, or the I guess people in general. But is it is it something that varies from person to person in terms of? You know, there's that that sort of candid camera on location type thing. Have you have you run into anyone who's objected to it ever, or is it something that people? Yeah, have? sometimes you know they they uh, you know I try to walk into uh, the Cuban Cuban locker room and then have one some guy screamed at me in Spanish and told, and it wasn't good. So so it depends how far you take it, I guess. But. Uh, <laughs> But usually you, uh, yeah. I mean, the Havana thing was better because we had no credential at all. I just had my camera. But uh, usually you have a little credential, so they know know you're supposed to be there at least. But uh, they'll let you know if you get too uh, too yeah. close or too yeah, intimate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the essence of it, isn't yeah. it? That's it. It's a combination of an opportunistic eye yeah. and a set of balls to kind of to yeah. see how far you can actually go to get that still yeah. that shot that will set you apart. Yeah. Also, also with the race car too. That's something I, you know, I've never been a huge fan of race car or, and really don't know much about it. So it was mm. kind of, you know, it was just 
you know, trying to figure it, yeah. figure it out. I'll and, shoot that wheel and find out what it's called later on. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's me. Uh, I go by I go by colour and shape of cars. Like, yeah. I know nothing about them. So I just because someone goes hatchback, I don't even know what that is. I yeah. It's so bad. But again, I'm a huge football fan, and and this football thing we've been doing in New York and Havana. I'm going to Tokyo now in October to do wow. do some. Hopefully, some some cool stuff with the but uh, amateur football in Tokyo. That is uh, so cool. Yeah, so uh, maybe you know, maybe that's uh, a book in the future or something like I can put together like football around the world or something like there'd, that. There'd be an audience for that. I can tell you that much. Yeah. There's a lot of good f- football books out there that I'm yeah. to read. There's, um, there's one you out about the Invincibles actually that I really want to read that the Arsenal 2003-4 team yeah. so fascinated by that team it's just, uh, you mentioned Thierry Henry yeah, 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 I think he's just he's like Eric Cantona he just transcends yeah. just anything oh, wow, such a good, just, even if you're not an Arsenal fan you're such a legend but uh, <laughs> but also these those kinds of things you know we, we paid that trip ourselves and you know, you get to do something. That's when you really love it. I mean, at least for me. Uh, and uh, you know, most of the paid work, you know, it's usually an idea, or you you're trying to you know create mm. somebody else's yeah idea. And I, always I mean, I'm still enjoying it. But I always say it to people. I always recommend. I always I never downplay the importance of investing in something that's going to take you forward. In a, in a when you know when yeah. you work for yourself and it's your operation. Yeah. And also, um, like you say, it's it's. The commission stuff's fantastic, and I'm very lucky in that I, I've kind of stuck to my guns and developed this style that people buy into because it is inherently me. And the good side of that is that I, I enjoy the vast majority of the work I do. Absolutely. But the stuff that I truly love is is often quite. It's a little bit more out there, but it's. I, I think it's. I have such an interest in it that, that I think that comes across in, yeah. the, in the visual language, and I think yeah. you have to go out and force that stuff for yourself. Yeah. And um, and inevitably, that's the stuff that people see there. They go, "I want that." Yeah. And it never ends up quite as as you know the stuff you've generated is. It's not that free, but it, that I think it catches eyes. I really do. I think. Uh, yeah, and then I also think you know if you. You don't have to stress that much about paying rent that money because it costs, you know, it costs time and money, more time than money to do this kind of things too. Of but course, but yeah. it's so important. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think we're all go crazy. I think time's the biggest commodity. That's um, yeah something that I'm learning as I move along. Yeah. You know, once upon a time I go, okay, it's still it's two hundred quid, but it's going to take me yeah four days. I can't do that anymore. I'd rather take the gamble that I'm that I'm not going to get anything. Yeah, I I've had I've I've I send all my retouching away now. I. Uh, I do. I shoot. I do the edit. I mean, there's also a lot of pre-production that comes mm. with photography, hiring assistants, organizing lighting, transport, all that stuff. Um, so uh, all my post stuff, except for the edit that I send to the clients, um, is is handled by professional the people that do that for a living. So, yeah, and that's helped a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's again, it's a progression thing, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, um, so. You mentioned when you you mentioned uh, about being Scandinavian <laughs> in Cuba. Did you find have you found at any point that to be an advantage? Because like Cuba, uh, it was definitely not an advantage because <laughs> my the, my friend I travel with was uh, his name was Johnny. is from Boston. Spoke fluent Spanish, and uh, he could have run for mayor of Havana. I'm sure they loved him. Uh, Norwegians they've seen for the last 40 years so they couldn't care less about me but uh, 
but you know, sometimes <laughs> the Scandinavian helps, yeah. I guess. Just because, I mean, the first time I came to New York, I came over with my, with my brother and um, one of my best friends, and my brother's got like an indie sort of oasis sort of haircut, and um, we walked down the street, I'm not joking, first night we walked down the street, and there's three girls walked past, and, and she just went, oh my god, it's like a fucking beetle. <laughs> <laughs> Which blew his mind completely, and um, but I, it caught me off guard. I thought, surely by now, like the, the people in New York are used to seeing Brits around, you know. And, and, and you would think, right? But maybe but, not. You know, maybe it matter. But it caught me off guard, and it, and it made me think, you know, would, if I came here and sort of worked getting out, put myself out there as an artist, yeah. would that would my would my difference stand out? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, in New York, I find it. I mean, most of my friends here in New York are English, and you know, I get made fun of a lot. I've, <laughs> They have I, about I twenty nicknames for me, and, uh, <laughs> all to do with trolls and uh, all kinds of monsters. But uh, Just for, how, how tall are you? I'm six uh, six almost. Yeah. You can't get six six across on audio. It's just yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so I don't know how much it helps being Scandinavian. That's really cool. Oh god! Right. So, well, the last bit that I always ask people is I call this a shark in the tank segment. Okay. And so far, I've said it's because my favourite piece of art is um, the physical impossibility of a death in the mind of someone living by Damien Hirst. You know, the huge shark yeah. uh, in the tank. But it's I'm changing the meaning on that now because I thought about it more, and it's because people either love that artwork or really love it, and I love it. So I ask people to, to name. So far, I've asked them to name something that, you know, like a favourite piece of creative output. It could be anything from an album to a, a poster to a photo shoot, whatever. Absolutely anything that's kind of inspires you or you know, that you really love. But it, could, it can be anything that you. I'm going to change it now. So it's, you're the first person that can either hate or love something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's and it's. Uh, I watched this documentary called War Photographer, and uh, it's about this famous war photographer. I could never pronounce his last name correctly. But his name is Jim. Switch, something yeah. like that, um, and he. Uh, I watched that, and he uh, traveled, covered all kinds of wars and atrocities, and that just blew my mind. Um, wow. That uh, I mean, would recommend for anybody to get a chance to watch that documentary. And he shot these beautiful black and white photos, um, covered everything from the Vietnam War and onwards. Um, so, uh, if I had to pick one thing, I would pick that. Answer. that documentary <laughs> and that is something I would never dare to do I don't have the, the balls to do anything like that but uh, that's pretty heroic stuff I mean, yeah these man. those guys I mean yeah, there's been a few lately as well with, with everything that's going on but uh, but those guys are uh, I'm mighty impressed by those guys yeah understandably yeah. so yeah <laughs> well cheers Marius I think that's been fantastic alright yeah and I look forward to seeing the football stuff yeah <laughs> nice talking to you First time I met Marius was in Lower East Manhattan where we were out for beers uh, with a few creative directors that I have become friends with in New York, uh, one being Dave Hilton who wrote the very kindly wrote the foreword to my book after we uh, worked together quite extensively over a couple of years and became good friends. And I was out with my brother Sean, and uh, who was there actually coincidentally with us during the podcast recording, um, as was Dave, and... Yeah, Dave said, look, my mate Marius is coming down, he's awesome, you know, we've been we've been best mates for years, he's uh, he's, he's a seven-foot Norwegian, and he started telling me these stories based on that, and 
lo and behold, um, Marius is not quite seven foot, but he's about <laughs> six six at a guess, which my brother very quickly flagged up. But it kind of works. He walks in the room and he's a total presence, and he's just the loveliest guy. Um, it was an honour to spend an hour with him. So thanks, Marius, for your time and doing that. And I hope some of those stories um, thrilled you guys as much as me. It's, I keep an eye on what Marius is up to because he's always doing such a, an amazing array of work. And when we worked together on the Angels and Demons project, which you can check out maybe on Marius's site, but certainly on, on my website, bentallon.com or on illustrationweb.com forward slash bentallon, you'll, you'll see the paintings I've done to work with Marius's images. And uh, Dave very kindly gave me some input on that as a creative director. You know, I, I really kind of went balls out and overkilled these beautiful, delicate images that Marius had taken of these ballerinas in flight. And um, it was a real nice eye-opener and a learning curve for me into the, the way you can subtly work with an image as opposed to overkilling it. You know, this is an amazing, already finished, strong photograph. So it was about how I complemented that and took it somewhere else as opposed to burned it out. So it was one of the favourite projects that I've worked on. Uh, the reason we called it Angels and Demons was because we worked with both these amazing shots of Kai Green, who I believe is the number two bodybuilder in the world, or he at least was. Um, and... You know, world famous professional ballerinas. So this contrast between these delicate, um, sort of nimble people and these beasts, these kind of Goliaths, you know, the bodybuilding world was uh, was a, a real nice challenge. So I love the work we did on that. So you can go and check out uh, that personal project on our website. And recently, I was uh, you know afforded the honour of working with Marius's stunning shots from Havana. This trip that he took to Cuba and photographing kids playing football in the street and all these amazing images, which at this point in my life, I can only dream of, of accessing, you know, at least legally, um, rather than going on Google Images. So, you know, to be given this cache of work from a, an amazing photographer like Marius has, has certainly helped me to develop with no real creative constraints. And it's great to see those guys uh, working together in, in New York and, and, you know, working at WWE and, and on collaborations together and, and whenever I get the chance to go over there it's just an honour and, and a thrill and you know the nights often get messy uh, at forget-me-nots in, in Brooklyn which you should all go and check out awesome little bar just near Chinatown um, watching the football down there things always sort of spill over for various reasons but it's all good fun and go and check out uh, Marius's work I believe he's at uh, MariusBugger.com uh, I may be wrong but anyway look him up he's out there uh, I will put the URL of course and Marius social media links in the show notes when this show is out hit us up on the Twitter with your thoughts at ArrestAllMimics Facebook.com forward slash ArrestAllMimics and ArrestAllMimics at gmail.com um, get me on my personal Twitters and Instagram all over social media lots of places to reach us and as ever as I always say get me suggestions for the show I want to know who you'd like to hear from why you'd like to hear from them and get your thoughts and we can start these topics trending really exciting stuff can't wait to get the show out there more often which is going to be happening very soon when I announce a new sponsor that's coming on board um, that's about it from me, I believe, for today. But uh, I hope you enjoyed the show and looking forward to bringing you uh, Jacqueline Bissett and Vicky Pierce coming up soon with a fashion special. Cheers for listening in, guys. Thank you.